Have you ever gone off the beaten path when you travel? When you're in a new city, what is it you notice first? Is it the architecture? Maybe it's new smells and sounds. How about the energy of the city itself and the attitude of the people who live there? Vancouver, Toronto, New York, St. John's, Newfoundland, they all have their own energy, their own sense of style and charm. Even in Moose Jaw, which is a mere 45 minutes from Regina, they have embraced their own quirky vibe with that 1920s art and leaning into the mythos of Al Capone and the tunnels that the bootleggers used to bring booze up. But does Regina have its own energy and vibe or are we still a sleepy government town? I don't think we are anymore. I think that's changing. But here's the thing. Interesting cities don't happen by accident. Many of these neighborhoods are an expression of local color, but they're built. They're built by people like Lisa Gibbons, who is the executive director of the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. It's a big mouthful. She embraces the notion of using coordinated collective action to do something to improve our city, to improve our neighborhoods. Before I met her, Lisa was one of those people whose name kept popping up in conversations. She seemed to know everything that was going on and how to get a hold of everyone. She's been advocating for issues like green space, parking, and coordinating local businesses and trying to attract investment and customers. A couple weeks ago, a major funding project was announced by the feds, the province, and the city to renew the CP rail yards right next to Rebellion. I don't know if it's true, But I think Lisa's tireless advocacy in raising awareness about doing just anything, something with this empty rail yard space played a big role in getting that funding. I'm excited to discuss what it takes to make a city great with Lisa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Wow, that um, intro was amazing. You don't expect a lot from me at all, do you? (laughs) I wanted people to have an understanding of why you're here. Yeah, it's interesting when you talked about the sights and sounds because as I walked over here from our office, uh, I could smell the hops, I could smell brewing happening, I can smell the coffee roasters out doing their their bit. As you walk past Country Corner Donuts, you can smell the, the work that they're doing, which is all delicious and amazing. And people would not normally expect that from the warehouse district. So it's exciting to walk around and starting to feel that vibe through all your senses is pretty awesome. I think warehouse itself has maybe been a little bit misunderstood. I think it's changed a lot in the last five years. Yeah, I think historically we've looked at the place through its built infrastructure. So we're looking at the obvious, the historic buildings that are in the district. And we have not focused maybe on who is in those buildings and what is happening, what's coming out of those buildings. They were transformational at the time that they were built and they now are transformational in a whole nother way as we look at adaptive reuse and the folks who've moved in, like Rebellion, that have really changed the face of the district. Well, talking about new things and new change, do you want to try our beer today? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Who doesn't want to try beer? Cheers. Cheers. That's delicious. That is like warming my soul right now. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's so great. So the beer we're drinking today is our winter warmer. 
It's a 7% ABV. And man, it is something else. It's so great. I saw Mark talking about it on your weekend video of what's happening, what's new. And I cannot, that and the brown ale are on my list. I need to bring these home. <laughs> They're on your Christmas wish list? Yes, they are. The 12 days of drunk. <laughs> well, this one is pretty special. It's reminiscent of our cat's got the cream ale, but we aged it in uh, whiskey barrels from Last Mountain Distillery. The cool thing about these barrels is they were used to make the single malt whiskey that we did a collab with Last Mountain. And that's one of the things I love about the businesses in Warehouse and Rebellion in particular is their ability to connect with other community-minded folks who have this energy of creating something special and unique. And if you can find those people and really empower them to do their thing that they're great at, that's how you build an awesome city. So what the partnership that you just talked about and the result of this amazing beer is exactly what we want to see from the warehouse district. So what are you tasting when you have it for the first time? Uh, you know, I'm not a beer aficionado, but I would say it, it's some kind of warmth that I'm that I'm really feeling as opposed to tasting, I guess. I love a cats got the hug. cream. Yeah, it's like a hug from the inside out. Oh, you don't need friends for this. This is the beer for introverts, which is perfect with the cats. I love it. No, it's great. I am, I am not the beer expert, but I love it. It's great. I'm getting a lot of vanilla. Mm. Maybe a little bit of toffee. Mm. And it, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I'm also kind of experiencing carrot cake with a little mm. cinnamon. Interesting. I'm not tasting carrot cake, and I am not a fan of carrot cake, so let's drink again. But I would say it leans into the toffee. But I can, I can sense the cinnamon, but you may have just implanted that thought in my mind, and now I'm a cinnamon robot. Uh, but no, definitely I can have the vanilla, and there is that toffee. It's very seasonally perfect. It's like Christmas beer. We did design this one for Christmas. It was kind of in our imagination to say, what you know what would Santa want to drink? This is it. Instead of leaving out milk and cookies, leave Santa some of this. Santa will be very happy. I love this is Santa's beer. Can we actually do this? Is this Krampus's beer? Is it Krampus? Nope. Krampus is getting his own special beer, which we're launching later um, this week. But when the podcast airs, it'll be already have happened. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We have a special five spice beer coming Krampus's way. Krampus style. Yeah. It's you guys are awesome. <laughs> you guys are just awesome. This is great. It's going to be a little bit wild, a little bit spiced, but a nice snuggly beer. Nice snuggly beer. Yeah. I love that description. <laughs> I'm going to take that with me in my uh, mission to get a brewery tour in the warehouse district. Love it. <laughs> so we already kind of had a chance to hear about what it is you're kind of doing, what you're thinking at the top of your head, but let's back up. What is the Warehouse Business Improvement District? What does it do? You know, I think we have been challenging ourselves with what that is and what it has been and what our future looks like. And I think in, a previous, in previous iterations of what uh, the Warehouse District bid has been, has really served an administrative advocacy role and we're going to continue that, but build it in perhaps a different way. 
where we're connecting and creating a really connected and empowered district where folks feel like they have a voice and not only that but they're welcome to walk into our office and pitch their idea which just happened this morning we're always excited to hear what people have in mind and our one requirement is that they work with other businesses and so that's been really well ex uh, accepted by the community so that's been fantastic and then the other side of that which isn't always the funnest part is the advocacy so working on things like making sure our streetlights are all on uh, that we may have crosswalks so people can walk through our district and explore it it's infrastructure repair and renewal so looking at sidewalks are we an accessible neighborhood? Uh, I would say not yet, and that's a goal, but it's gonna be small bites. This is a very big elephant. Our district is very large. Not everything is gonna be fixed at once, but we have some opportunities, especially with the rail yard project, where we can initiate change, and we can use that to move forward. When you say accessibility, what do you mean? Like wheelchair accessibility or just there are bright lights and I can feel safe in spending some time down here maybe in the evenings. For me, all of those things is, is what I would classify as accessibility. So whether you are in a wheelchair, whether you're a single woman walking by yourself or a single male, um, we want you to feel safe going from point A to point B and not only that, but be drawn to it, not just safe, but feel inviting. We want this to be an inviting neighborhood. And for that to happen, we need the lighting. We need good sidewalks. We need trees eventually. Uh, all of those things we'll have to build upon, but that's gonna take time. So it won't be an overnight transformation, but everyone plays a part, whether it's um, talking to your city councilor, if you're a business in a building that you don't own, it's talking to your landlord and letting them know that it's important to you. It's reaching out on social media and it's celebrating the successes. So we may use social media to complain. I see that happening uh, and that's fine, but it's also a nice place to tell the story of the warehouse district and some of the great quirky things that you might see in the warehouse district that you won't find in downtown. I noticed you guys had the brick pick campaign. Yeah, you know, we like to poke a little fun uh, and bricks are definitely a staple of the warehouse district. That's certainly what we we're built around. And there's a lot of folks that take bricks very seriously and their historic importance. And that's great. But we like to have a little modern fun with that. So the brick pick contest uh, drew some interesting responses and we certainly enjoyed all of them. <laughs> I've also noticed that when I click into your social media stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm discovering or learning stuff about the district that I didn't even know existed. Well, so are we, I think, to that point. And uh, with over 580 businesses, it is certainly taking us t some time to explore, to find out who's here and who wants to participate and grow the warehouse district. Who wants to be a part of maybe some change or just shining a light on who's here. So we're happy that We've got a lot of folks who are interested, who are taking those steps towards sharing what they've got going on, and then we're working on spending more time outdoors so that we're in the businesses and finding out what does everybody have to offer. You had some cool projects this summer. Could you elaborate on maybe one or two of the big successes? So I, I'm gonna draw us back to March when we had the Tactical Urbanism Workshop 
and we worked with downtown on, on some ways that businesses could take some really simple, cheap ideas and maybe activate some outdoor space or have a chance to impact their community without investing millions of dollars. So the idea is to take, maybe it's an outdoor patio, we'll use that as an example. We brought, provided some templates, we showed how you could do it with Coroplast, that you could then apply it to plywood, and we were thrilled to see Rebellion actually take those pilot and those um, blueprints and really install that in a permanent way on your patio and say, hey, we're gonna try this. We believe in our community and we're gonna start investing in it in a big way. And so the cost may not be the same as putting in a metal fence, but those planters made a huge difference and also changed the way people think, thought about the warehouse district. Are they just driving through? No, we can stop and sit on the patio. You know, downtown doesn't need to be the only one with outdoor patios. Uh, this, this is a great place. Let's stop and, and spend some time. So we're working on building the tools so that business owners and property owners can have some power and change. They're not always waiting for the city to do it because the city has a lot of things on their list. And if we can help make some of those changes ourselves, we're going to be much farther ahead. So that was a big one. For people who didn't know, what Rebellion had was an empty parking lot. And what we built was wooden planters, and we had the street kid, uh, sorry, the street kids from Street Culture Project come out. They did all the artwork, like they spray painted it and picked all the selections of the bands and the music, and kind of made it a very rebellion feeling space. And then they did this huge mural on the concrete itself of our logo, and it's kind of like a great, a great big red and white and black pop of color on what is kind of a brown district, a brown colored neighborhood? Yeah, brown is, that's appropriate. From the bricks to the lack of trees to the current rail yard site, we have a lot of um, brown happening. And so it was great to see that pop of color. It was great to see Rebellion take something that was available free on the website. Anybody can download these plans and really make it authentic and about the community and about the brand. It's and other fun. businesses can do this too? Anyone can do this anytime. Uh, Rebellion has a leg up in that they have a parking lot that they can use. Now if you're trying to do this on a street front, that it's doable. There's some paperwork that needs to be handled and we're happy to help with that, but it is something that then involves the city a bit more. One of the other cool things that we got to team up with you on was the food trucks. I had a lot of fun with the food trucks this summer. It was awesome. How did that all begin? You know, I, I've been noticing a trend in the warehouse district, which is the more businesses I spoke to, offices or building owners, was that their staff would come and either bring their lunch or get in their car and drive away for lunch. And it's great if you're doing your meal prep and you're, you're in your office, that's fine. But if you're driving, if you're leaving the warehouse district for lunch, that's a missed opportunity on our part. So we thought we would test out Food Truck Tuesday and see what the uptake would be like. It would engage the food trucks that are local and it would in, encourage people to do a different activity at lunch, kind of train them to come out of their office space and engage with the community creating what in placemaking we call a third place. 
So you've got your home, your office, and then the place where you hang out and gather with friends in the community. We want to create that third place where folks feel like the warehouse district belongs to them. It's their neighborhood. This is the soul of the city. We want them to come out and be part of that because it's not the soul of the city if we don't have people. Mm -hmm. So for us, that was the big target was bringing together a local business who was excited and open to doing it. And food trucks also the same, very excited to try something different and see how the community would accept it. And I think it went over pretty well. We had lineups on yeah. some of those days. Like you had to wait a little bit because it was so popular. Yeah, it's great. It was like the perfect amount. I think one day we had the Bannock House and ice cream. That was amazing. Uh, Prairie Smoke, always a favorite. And actually they, they cook in our district, so they're a member. Chef Rob spoils us. Yeah, I need a gym membership because of him. <laughs> We're looking at this rail yard project. We've talked about it from time to time. What the heck is it? That's a great question. And I, I don't know that anyone has a solid answer on what it looks like at this given time. When they started this project, the economy was in a different place. So I think we're going to have to take some time and maybe reset. What is our, our reality and what do we want the rail yards to be? It's great to dream big and I think we need to do that. I don't want it to look like every other complete street across Canada that you could be plunked in anywhere and feel like you're anywhere. I want to feel like when I did when I was in Austin and I knew I was in Austin. There's no surprises. This is not Seattle. This is, you know, not Vancouver. This is very much Austin. I want people to have that feeling when they come to the warehouse district and into the rail yard project. So we'll see what can actually be accomplished in the next three years. But we're not going to have a hole sitting in the middle of the city for seven years. No, you know, downtown has uh, the pit and <laughs> no fault of their own, of course. Uh, hopefully at some point, Capital Point will happen and we'll have beautiful residential and hotel space. For this project, the Rail Yard Renewal Initiative, the funding, I believe, will handle some of the environmental on-site and maybe some drawings on what we expect or some zoning that may need to happen. We hope that the Dudney revitalization is part of that and I've started calling it the Dudney dream. So let's dream big, let's see what we can do. All of that takes a lot of money and time and there's some functional things like a giant sewer that runs under Dudney that all the businesses jump into. So a large amount of communication. Our year has completely changed to what we thought we were gonna do for 2019 and now it's gonna involve a lot of outreach because it's unfair to a business like yourself or anybody else located along Dudney to say, hey, for the next two months, you're not gonna have water. Uh, that's challenging. So we're gonna work with the city and business owners to find a solution to some of those things and make sure everybody is on side and knows, hey, we're gonna have some, t some tough days. Once we start building, it's not always going to be easy. But if we have a strong communication plan and we're really engaged and get everybody on side with the buy-in for this dream, I think it's going to be amazing. What do you imagine could happen with this space? They're going to scrape away a lot of that dirt and soil that's been contaminated by oil and whatever cleaning solutions or stuff. 
Are they going to put in a, a garden or mixed income housing, high rises, restaurants? What's the possibility? Uh, I think in the short term, if we're talking about the next five to 10 years, I don't expect any of that to really happen. Although I did hear the mayor use the word interim use, which I was very excited about. And for that, my vision of interim use for that site includes parking. Uh, Regina is a parking community. We're going to be a long ways to get out of that conversation. Parking, uh, green space definitely, some community garden, raised beds most likely because we are dealing with a contaminated site and I'm not sure how much of this is going to remediate the soil and I'm not sure what the remediation plan will look like. I would love to see a pop-up dog park. The city does not have an accessible dog park. We can be that solution. Uh, we can also have some great opportunities to program spaces like pickleball. We've heard in the news lately that we're, we're having a pickleball crisis, that there's not enough pickleball courts. So for those snowbirds that are here in the summer, we could create some great temporary places where they can come out. And again, creating the third space, a community gathering spot where they come together, they socialize, maybe they meet for a pint after at a local brewery. It just really creates more buy-in to the community. So we're really looking forward to activate activating that site as an interim use project. Someone said to me they wanted to see a track, a walking track around the perimeter so people could just hop on, do a walk just like they do around the lake, but maybe they could come at downtown during lunchtime, do that walk, go back to work. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, in my mind, a few scenarios pop up. And so as long as that space is well programmed and lit, I think it's great. The challenge is when we have spaces that either aren't programmed or there's no eyes on the street, it feels less safe. So as long as we're doing the work to ensure that we have people on site, I think we're good. You've been doing all this work. You've been thinking about all these ideas. From your perspective, what makes a city great and what can we do? People make a city great. It's nice to have great bones, so infrastructure, but it really comes down to the people. And the challenge I see in Regina, and I'm from Regina, is that we've been really good with being good enough for a long time. And I'm starting to see a group of people who are not okay with that, who think we deserve better. You know, they expect more from their community, and I think that is the turning point. That's our TSN turning point, if you will. Um, it's really gonna, it's gonna be the people that make the difference. So it's the folks who are willing to speak out when they think something's not quite up to par, who are willing to dream big, who are willing to invest their dollars, either in the warehouse district, the rail yard, their community, however that plays out. But I think that's our biggest change and our, our biggest asset. If someone's listening to this podcast, they want to know, how can they get involved? What are the things they can do? I think that plays out in a few different scenarios. And so for me, a big one is supporting your local business. Get out and support local doors. Come on in, whether it's live entertainment. Warehouse has got some great entertainment that comes through this district. And so the Dudney strip of your youth may have changed 
you know, those bars have, have changed and now we have some folks that are really hosting fantastic live entertainment and have created some venues that you need to get down and check out. So the first thing, grassroots, is get out and support local. Help them tell their story. So let your friends know, hey, I had a great experience at Rebellion, at Queen City Cakes, whatever it is that really resonates within you. So don't just come because you're trying to do your part, but visit businesses you love. Um, <clears throat> we always love to hear from people. So if you have an idea about how you could change the district, what's your dream for Dudney? You know, what would you like to see in these places? It doesn't mean we can do it tomorrow, but it really helps plant the seed in what we can grow going forward. So those ideas are huge. Uh, and if you have a special skill, like you're a social media influencer, we'd love to partner with you. Just let us know. We can't be everywhere at once, unfortunately. With 580 businesses, it's a bit challenging. Uh, so, so we really rely on other folks to help tell the story as much as we're out there as well. You said there's this cadre of people who are not willing to accept good enough. Should people tap you on the shoulder to get in touch with those people? You know, I, I think it doesn't hurt to have some coordination on what the messaging is or meet with people to find out, you know, why do you think this way? Why are you calling the rail yard the Dust Bowl? And, and you know, what's the thought behind that? But your elected officials are the ones who make the decisions. And so if you've got something that's important to you, it's really important that you reach out to them. It's really important that you vote in your civic election. It's important that you call your counselor or, or your mayor. All of these folks essentially work for you. So if you're not happy with the direction, let them know. They're only doing it because they think that's what you want. And so we've sat back for so long letting somebody else drive, drive the train, as I'm trying to use train analogies. Uh, it's time for you to step up and be the engineer. You should give the direction. Where do you want to go? Yeah, let me know. Let your elected officials know. We all want to hear from the public. You, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to circle back. What's next in 2019 for Warehouse District? What's one of the big projects that people should get excited about? Well, we're in the process of rejigging our complete plan because of this rail yard announcement. So I would say there's a few things coming up that's, that are exciting for us. We're looking forward to more crosswalk painting. So we did a little project last year where we painted out the crosswalk at 8th and Hamilton to raise awareness that people do cross the street here. You might want to slow down. Uh, we look forward to doing more of those across the district. That was really well received. And it's also a good pilot for the city to show them that people are interested in this, that we can do this. We're a big city and uh, these projects are well received by the public. So that's huge. Um, it feels like you guys have this attitude where it's easier to beg forgiveness than ask permission. Yes, I have been accused of begging for forgiveness instead of asking permission. That doesn't mean we don't start off with asking for permission. Often we'll take the temperature. Where are things at? And are people ready for this? And do they need a gentle nudge to move this project forward? And sometimes the gentle nudge is needed. Um, or a big <laughs> swift black boot right into the butt. 
Do you know that I'm wearing black boots right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes that happens. And so folks will ask me, is this really going to happen? And I will have to say that, yes, it's either going to happen or I'm going to get fired because this is what the board and the members are asking me to do. Am I going to be able to take it to, you know, skyscraper version of whatever the plan is? Probably not. But can we get some movement on the yardstick? Absolutely. And it really helps when we have mass, when we've got, a, it's not just one person, that we're starting to see this energy really build and bubble over that people can't ignore anymore. And it's not just one person who may appear on the cover of the leader post stirring up some trouble that uh, it, it, it really becomes a community movement. It's not really just one person. The Cathedral District has done a really good job in promoting and celebrating what they've achieved. They have the, the annual gathering where it take up like five city blocks. That kind of activist ethos, do you think that could ever happen in the Warehouse District? Funny you say that. Uh, just this morning, I've been visited by one of our members for a few weeks over the past few months. And that's exactly what the community has been asking for, is some sort of block party, a very warehouse feeling. We're not trying to replicate the Cathedral Arts Festival. Uh, and this will be member-led, much like the Cathedral Arts Festival and how that grew out of the community coming together. The same will probably grow out of this event. Hopefully, it's something that we'll see at the end of August. Just in early planning stages right now, but some really dedicated folks who want to see some change. And we see that with the YQR art market that's popped out. Uh, we've seen markets in the Rebellion lot. Folks are really trying to engage the community and go outside their doors. So it's not just what they're doing nine to five. It's really becoming building community. That's exciting. I'm excited every day, but I'm, I'm like a community nerd. so. I am really excited about Regina and our future and know that we can't just sit back and let things happen, that we're going to have to take the wheel on occasion and really drive this train to the destination. Lisa, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And this beer. Thank you for the beer. You're very welcome. Rebels, thank you for tuning in this week. If you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram and untapped. Thank you for joining the rebellion.